Book two, chapter six of Round the Block by John Bell Booten. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Branching out. To Miss Pillbody, this quiet little arrangement proved a fortune indeed. In two weeks after she became acquainted with her benefactress, she was rich enough to take lodgings for her mother and herself at a decent boarding house. The old lady entertained singular notions about the rights of relationship and held that it was the duty of her husband's brothers to give them a home for the balance of their lives and regarded her daughter's desire to cut loose from her uncles and be independent as a romantic and absurd notion born of novel reading to which miss pillbody was a good deal addicted to gratify her daughter's whim the widow pillbody finally consented to move into a boarding-house though she did it in the firm belief that the good luck which the young lady had fallen upon would be a brief duration and they would be glad to come back to their relatives again their natural protectors as mrs p called them in their new residence miss pillbody was happy the money which she earned weekly and which was always paid to her in advance was sufficient for her own and her mother's board in addition to other presents, Mrs. Crull had forced small sums upon her acceptance at different times, and Miss Pillbody began to enjoy the odd sensation of laying up money in a savings bank. Of the future she thought but little, first because she had no head for plans, and second because Mrs. Crull had promised to set her up in a private school, and Miss Pillbody placed a blind trust in that lady an accident in this wise caused the fulfillment of the promise much sooner than was expected mr crull in getting out of a stage one day slipped on the step and dislocated his left shoulder at his age careful treatment was necessary for an injury of that kind and the family doctor peremptorily forbade him to leave the house for a month mr crull therefore stayed at home growling like a bear in a cage, and solacing himself with the determination to bring a suit of damages against the stage company, the carelessness of whose driver, in Mr. Crull's opinion, caused the accident. Mr. Crull, like a good husband, would have nobody to nurse him, apply his embrocations, and put on his bandages but his wife, and Mrs. Crull, like a good wife, cheerfully and tenderly performed that duty but this rendered necessary the abandonment of the daily lessons at her house for she was liable to be summoned to her husband's bedside at any moment he sent for her at every new twinge of pain and furthermore it was his custom to crawl out of his couch every half-hour and wander restlessly through the house until his wife under the stern instructions of the family doctor sent him back to bed again mrs crull though not wanting in love for her disabled consort was loath to abandon her lessons having tasted of the pyrian spring she desired to drink deeply as miss pillbody could not continue her course of instruction at mrs crull's residence without being detected in the act by the invalid lord of that mansion and as it was clearly impracticable for mrs crull to go to miss peabody's boarding-house and turn the widow pillbody out of the little room which mother and daughter jointly occupied 
the generous pupil hit upon the idea of renting the ground floor of a house for her teacher setting apart one room as a schoolroom fitting it up for her in a comfortable style and helping her to get wealthy adult pupils enough to pay all the expenses of the establishment and a handsome income besides miss pillbody thankfully accepted the noble offer though she feared that she would never obtain scholars enough to repay the money which mrs crull was willing to advance and also to defray the current expenses of housekeeping mrs crull entertained no such fears she had great faith in the efficacy of advertising she had personally known three quacks who made half a million apiece out of patent medicines and one woman who had turned a common recipe for removing superfluous hair into an eligible establishment in thirty-second street and a country cottage with sixteen acres under good cultivation she believed that newspaper advertising was the shortest and surest road to fortune and the only standing cause of quarrel between her and her husband was the latter's incredulous pooh-pooh at her theory upon this subject at her request miss pillbody drew up this advertisement and caused it to be inserted twice in three daily papers to ladies in good society who desire to improve their education a young lady who has moved in wealthy and fashionable circles and has received the best education that new york city could afford having met with reverses in fortune would be happy to accept as private pupils a few ladies whose early cultivation was for any reason neglected french italian spanish vocal music the piano and all the english rudiments taught at reasonable prices particular attention paid to pronunciation spelling and writing satisfactory references given and required n b pupils taught separately and at different hours for further information address educatrix new york post office there were many points in this advertisement to which miss pillbody's modesty took exception but mrs crawl insisted upon them in a way that permitted no refusal the little bit of bragging was the principal thing she said she had always observed that people are inclined to believe bragging advertisements though they openly profess that they can't be taken in by them as for the satisfactory references she would undertake to give them if they were required which of course they would not be as the mere offering of them invariably sufficed if called upon she would say that she knew a wealthy lady the head of a family who had derived the greatest possible benefit from the instructions of educatrix if asked who she was she could answer that educatrix would on no account allow the name to be made known as it was a great merit of her system that she kept the names of her pupils a profound secret from each other and from the rest of the world the good sense of this regulation would at once be appreciated by all mature ladies who wished to repair the defects of their early education her own position as the mistress of an elegant mansion in twenty-third street would mrs crull reasoned entitle her statement to ready belief the plan worked capitally educatrix received fifty answers to her advertisement 
and was busy more than a week calling at the houses of those who desired an interview with her the ladies were all in good circumstances and without an exception were the wives of men who had made sudden fortunes after the manner common in the united states finding themselves elevated above the necessity of cooking their own dinners and washing their own clothes they keenly felt the want hitherto unknown of an education which would fit them in a measure for that society whose portals were now thrown wide open to them miss pillbody's gentle manners and polished ways gained for her the confidence of all and she could have had fifty pupils daily at two dollars a lesson the fixed price of one hour each if it had been possible to teach that number acting on the advice of mrs crull miss pillbody decided to accept only twelve pupils for twenty-four lessons each and devote six hours daily to them this arrangement would give her six pupils a day and the twelve would complete their course in about two months then she could take twelve more and so on it was plain from the success of the first experiment that there would never be a scarcity of pupils mrs crull then rented the first floor and basement of a suitable house in a quiet neighborhood furnished it nicely hired a grand piano for the front parlor and turned over the premises and their contents to her young teacher miss pillbody brought her mother to their new home a fair share of which had been set apart and fitted up expressly for her the old lady admitted with some reluctance that the house was not badly furnished and that her daughter's prospects might be worse than they were but who was this mysterious woman that took such an interest in her daughter what was her motive she would like to know and why was she so anxious to avoid her mrs pillbody to which questions her daughter responded as she had done fifty times before that her teaching was strictly private and that none of her pupils would visit her except under a pledge of the profoundest secrecy mrs pillbody shook her head doubtingly and said we shall see adding that she only hoped they would be as comfortable there as they were at uncle john's and daniel's that was all the school throve the pupils came with great punctuality at their different hours and were unknown to each other and to the world the secret of the school would never have got abroad but for the incaution of a certain mrs brigback wife of a man who had been connected with the city government for two years on a nominal salary and retired rich she was so delighted at the progress which she made in the english rudiments and in the french being able to ask for bread or fish or concerning a person's health in that language that she could not refrain from confidentially advising another lady the wife of a street contractor suddenly opulent to take a few lessons from the same accomplished teacher the street contractor's wife was perfectly indifferent to society and had no wish to remedy the defects of her early education she promised secrecy and the next day told the story at the expense of her friend to a mutual female acquaintance who passed it on with embellishments to a third 
who amused a fourth with its narration and so it went through a succession of confidential people until one day it became the subject of conversation in the stage in which marcus wilkeson was riding he could not avoid hearing it and although the two ladies themselves shockingly astray in their grammar laughed at the absurdity of the thing marcus wilkeson thought it was a capital idea a plan which he had been idly revolving in his mind for the education of miss minford began to take shape the inventor he reasoned would not be likely to object to a strictly private school for his daughter if the teacher were a lady of correct principles and highly educated on the last point marcus wilkeson determined to satisfy himself so he addressed a note through the general post office to miss pillbody new york city requesting the privilege of an interview on business at the residence of the lady the exact location of which she was asked to designate the letter was advertised miss pillbody's address being unknown to the carrier and about two weeks after it was written an answer came back to mr wilkeson at his house giving information as to the whereabouts of the lady and appointing the time for an interview mr wilkeson called and in five minutes conversation was satisfied of miss pillbody's moral and intellectual qualifications as teacher and thought himself very fortunate in securing a vacancy among the pupils caused by sudden illness for miss minford with what perfect confidence the suspicious inventor as well as his simple-hearted daughter accepted the frank offer of their friend and benefactor we have already seen end of book two chapter six